close-minded, prejudicial, quick to make assumptions about places different than where we grew up. I'm not talking about Texas. I'm talking about, well, me. And people like me who are way too comfortable thinking of Texas as a big space filled with intolerant, invariably right-wing white people waddling between the fast food outlet and the gun store. That, of course, is wrong. But then, I'm used to being wrong. Texas, Houston in particular, is a very different place than you might imagine from the stereotypes and the sound bites of its national political figures. Immigrants, refugees, and non-white Americans have in fact been transforming the city, the food, and culture of Houston for years. Welcome to America, people. Typical Texas school, just like the rest of them. Nope, not even close. Good morning. Good morning. All right, repeat after me. Positive affirmations. Today is a beautiful day. Today is a beautiful day. I will work hard. I will work hard. I am important. I am important. Repeat. I will succeed. I will succeed. What percentage? Uh, of your student body, English is not the first language. I would say about 80% of them. At the end of the Vietnam War, Jonathan Trin escaped to America on a raft with his family. After serving in the United States Marine Corps and attaining a master's degree in education, he became the principal of this school, Lee Senior High, the most ethnically diverse school in the city. Do those kids get sent here specifically, or is it oh, just, no, 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 just no. reflective it, of the community? It's just reflective of the community, so 80%. just by chance, you know. It's very well integrated. It's like, it's not, it's not... How did that happen? I think the, one of the main reasons is the strong economic base here. It allowed for immigrants, families to come over and build a nest egg to own their own home or go to a better neighborhood to make a life for themselves. More than 40 languages are spoken among the 1,700 students here many of them from conflict zones where the alternatives were stark. Leave quickly or die. Often their first exposure to the American educational system is here, ESL, English as a Second Language class, where teacher Gary Reed, a 30-year veteran, does his very best to get them up to speed and ready for the next steps. You see these people? What did they do? All of these people right here, they came to Houston from Salvador, Vietnam, Iraq, Syria, just like you, they came, no money, no home, and what happened? Yeah, they graduated. So don't say, oh, I can't do it, I can't. You can do it. What part of the world are most kids coming from now? Currently, it's Central America. Guatemala, Guatemala, Salvador, Nicaragua, those two 
Salvador's a major one. In many cases, you, you were to send these kids back, you, you're, it's a death sentence. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yes. Other classes, math, history, mm -hmm. uh, taught in uh, their own language? Or no, English? no, they, they're taught in English. So this class is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. Now, we were working on personal introductions. I know you feel scared, but this is not for me, Joselino, it's for you. When you go get a job and you go to a manager of some place, you gotta stand up and you gotta speak, okay? It's very necessary. Who's uh, brave enough to introduce themselves? Hello, my name is Romeri. Hi, my name is Mr. Reed. Oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Now, what are the things you do? What do you do with your eyes? Repeat, eye contact. Eye contact. Good, good. What about his hands? You can do that. Grab it firm, firm handshake. It's a first impression. Stand up. Stand up, okay? This is side A. You present to side B. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hi, my name is Marcelo. Nice to meet you. Good, good. So it's, you shake, look in the eye like that, okay? That's expected. Girls, Anna, in America, you can do it. It's okay to get a nice handshake. What happens if it doesn't work, if they don't have this? What's the future looking like if they don't acquire language skills? They become a third class citizen. What kind of work are you getting and what are your opportunities? Oh yes, the service market in any major city is always there. Landscaping, ballet, car washes. But our students are very gifted, they're talented kids. They just need opportunity to learn English and opportunity to open them to learn. These kids, when they grow up, they will be part American and they have kids, they will pick up on and defend this country, just like I expected to do, or I expect my three boys to do. Not because I'm enforcing it, because I believe in it. I believe in the opportunity that it provides. I believe that no matter how poor you are, how uneducated you are when you first come to the United States, if you have the will to educate yourself, work hard at it, you can achieve. Chicken sandwich and french fries, fruit salad, carton of milk. Welcome to America, kids. No, I haven't had one of these in a long time. So what country is everybody from? I'm from Africa. They like Ghana, Korea. Honduras. Uh, Iraq. Where in Iraq? Which? Pakistan. And you've been here how long? Uh, one year. One year. Well, his English is pretty, pretty good. Very good. It took me at least two years just to be brave enough to, to open up, you know. No, they, they're progressing very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Do you eat African food? Yeah, I've been to Africa a lot. I have not been to Burkina Faso, but I've, I love the food in Ghana. Food in Senegal is very, very nice. Well, you already been in Senegal? Oh, yes, fantastic. Your first day in school, was it frightening? I didn't know nobody here, and nobody here from my country. So I feel scared, but step by step, I start to learn English and then start to talk to the people. So after school, when, when you graduate high school, what do you want to do next? I want to be a fashion designer and I want to go to college. I want to study more. What do you want to do? Um, I want to go to college and I want to study medicine. I am between medicine and engineering. What do you want to do? I'm playing soccer. Soccer is not a plan, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
we think about Houston, Texas today is very much stuck in the past. In the late 70s, early 80s, Houston was the boomtown of popular television and movie imagination. Oil, shipping, NASA, and football combined to create a big-spending, big-haired, quasi-cowboy stereotype that to some extent still lives with us today, even if the reality is different. Though the oil is not gone, a massive glut in the mid-80s sent prices into freefall, more or less killing the city's oil industry. The resulting economic downturn and lower cost of living made Houston, however improbably it might seem to you, you Yankee trash, much more welcoming to people with less means. People getting away from bad situations. People from somewhere else. What that means is that now, Houston, you know, Houston, is a place where minorities are now the majority. You can see it here in Pearland, a quintessential American suburb. And more and more these days, this is the quintessential American family. Jonathan, his Salvadoran-born wife, Sylvia, along with his sister Kim and her husband Ron, Jonathan's mom, Nina, and Sylvia's mom, Ayala. So if you have, like, a, on Christmas or Fourth of July or a big holiday, how many extended family, how many people are coming over? <laughs> oh, I'm going to laugh. Thank you. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> a lot. How, yeah. how, what's a lot? How many? 40, 50. Wow. About 40, 50 people. I mean, I don't even see it as interracial until people point it out. Well, it's like a typical Texan family at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ayala cooks tamales de gallina from scratch. Outside, fresh pupusas are being made on a hot griddle. Jonathan's mom, Nina, makes a dish of jellyfish, shrimp, and pork, tossed with mint, carrots, red onion, and peanuts, dressed with nuoc mom, the pungent Vietnamese fish sauce. And mi kang, a rice noodle dish from central Vietnam made with pork ribs, shrimp, and chilies. Very mixed up meal here. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> did, did you speak English when you arrived here? Oh, not a word. I not couldn't even word. say hi. So I learned it literally within a year. Yeah. Because uh, I had to. By fifth grade, this one teacher, Miss Spikes, just made me feel like I was the smartest little thing in the whole world. She built up my confidence that I could do anything. You know, we learn how to speak Spanish first before we learn how to speak English. Of course. <laughs> so you came over in 78, did you say? Late 77. I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And we literally left on... I, I wouldn't call it a boat. It's more like, like a raft. raft. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was a hole in the boat. We sat in water the entire time, just sitting, soaking water. They let us come in as a refugees in the United States. No, we live in a, a government housing projects. Me, my sister, and my brother all were placed in the same category for ESL. We were probably one of the first wave of boat people resettlement to Houston. Well, what was the urgency to, to, to take such a tremendous risk? Our parents felt we need to take a, a chance on freedom and opportunity than to live under communist rule. Ain't nothing more American than Viet Bayou-style crawdad, steamed with sriracha, orange juice, and beer. And gotta have corn, of course, and potatoes, and sausage, and beer. Did I mention beer? Texas, we get the bad rep of that we we are not compassionate. And I think that's a, a wrong portrayal. Right. Texans as a whole, when, when the crisis comes, are the most generous and the most compassionate people that I know. It doesn't matter you red or blue, left or right, middle. When, when that time comes, they are very generous and they, they will help out. 
This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. It's hot in Houston, so things move a little slower around here. Maybe that explains this. I wake up in the morning, morning. still have from last night. Ain't got no time to chill, I got to get my cash right. L.A. may have lowriders, but Houston has slab. Its own car culture, with its own accompanying sound, its own chopped and screwed hip-hop style. This pretty much like one of the most classic designs of a, a slab. It's the Cadillac. See how you got the insides custom with the stitching and all that. So, you know, this is a complete slab, you know. Full reclining is uh, Full reclining. Got, got it's, a, it's a laid back thing. Houston musical artist Slim Thug and his friends Bone and David called some people to bring their cars over to McGregor Park in the southern part of the city. If you're going to do it, what do you have to have? What are the rules? Candy paint. Got to have these type of rims. Okay. The elbow swingers. Fifth wheel and grill is mainly like for slab. That's what make it a complete, you know. And the music, you know how they got the pop trunk with the custom music. You got to have that outside. <laughs> When you hit the block, it's not a bunch of dudes just standing up. It's a bunch of everything. You know, take the old and mix it with the new, nice. you know. These two pink Cadillacs are awesome. That's a married couple, man and woman, and they had their kids with them. Each truck, they say something, that's, a, that's your autograph. You see it coming, and you see the car, the grill, and you see the two two-prones, like, oh, my God, here come whoever the God is of your neighbor. Right. they basically like legends in the streets. Are all of these, like, are they works in progress, or are people constantly I think it's going to be a work in progress. I think a slab, you're going to stay after doing it. Yeah, always changing them. It get expensive real time. Like, all these cars out here, 
they probably spent the bankroll on all of them. I won the last year how many sweets I roll. I won the last year how many cups I pour. Or that muddy, muddy purple I purchased by the... You don't eat Pizza Hut in the back of that car either, are you? Well, really, you barely see people in the back seat of somebody's car out here. He's shaking his head. He's like, nobody's got a back seat. Because you got the lean. So you got the lean back. So that means whoever back here can't be long. I'm coming down, all I see is way up there. And I'm banging, and I'm zoned out. So I'm, so I'm thinking about my Lincoln now, you know, maybe I'm thinking like crocodile skin on the outside, would that be all right? I'm thinking about pony. Oh, pony? From a horse, or cow's Like Palomino kind of a yes, thing? Sir. Or? Yes, Palomino. Yes, sir. That'd be fresh. That'd be evil. Pay him no mind. <laughs> Acres Homes is a predominantly black community where many of the original slab pioneers come from. It's also where you can find the legendary family-run Burns Barbecue, a place not unfamiliar to me. I first came here 15 years ago on some long-lost travel program on a network far, far away. Founder Roy Burns has passed on to the great open pit in the sky since last I was here, but his son and his grandchildren carry on the tradition of making some of the best East Texas-style barbecue you can find around here. It's been a while. I mean, the last time I was here, my grandfather was here back then. You in the right place for some barbecue, man. Uh, what do you do? You do ribs and brisket? or uh, I do all that. You do all of it? Okay. All that. What is that? Moonshine. Dukes of Hazard. Boss Hall. <laughs> wow, I could drink a lot of that. Okay, that's gonna work. The torpedo-sized baked potato filled with cheddar cheese and chopped barbecue beef and homemade link sausage. Slow-cooked pork ribs, big-ass beef ribs, and brisket. Whoa. Okay, I got a baked right. potato. This baked potato is yours. It's, it's marvelous. That thing is like gigantic. It's, it's, oh, my mother always said never eat anything bigger than your head. And that's about as the size of a human head. That look good, though. I ain't gonna lie. So, everybody born here. Born and raised. The town changed at all? A lot. Yeah, well, wait. You know, it was like a big smile town at first. Now it's becoming like a real city. You know. Is that a good or bad? It depends on what you do. Good and bad, kind of. A lot of the stuff we was really into back in the day, these new kids or these people from out of town really ain't into. Even the music, like back in the day, Houston was so independent. Like, I was selling so many records out of the trunk that I didn't want a major deal. Is there a distinctive Houston sound? Very. You know, the whole culture from the cars to the Sip and syrup and the music itself. First of all, what's sip and syrup? Syrup is it's a, a promethazine coating. It was a cow syrup. Mm -hmm. But then they mixed it with soda out here. Why is that the drug of choice here? And not Maybe because you see ideas that everything is so chill and laid back. In Atlanta, everything was turned up. Out here, everything is slowed down because I guess we're a more laid back culture. So at various points in your career, clearly somebody said, well, look, why don't you move out here? Uh, LA is good. The money out here, the deals are out here. Right. But here you are. Why stay? I try to go to LA, and the people out there are so thirsty to try to be a star that they fake and they crooked. It's like, I don't want to be around those type of people. I want to be around good, genuine people. They're nicer here, and it's more real. It's more like real life. Is Houston a good place to live? Yeah. Yep. Great place. The house to live in is cheap. 
This day's hot and warm. It's never snowing to where you got to shovel your driveway. And the food is the greatest out here. And, and the black women, I don't care where you go, it ain't no better black women. And that's what it is. It's a 90-minute drive south from Houston to the town of Palacios on the Matagorda Bay. And like a lot of the communities down here, the principal industry is fishing, shrimp in particular. It's also where, beginning in the 1970s, as the Vietnam War ground to its ignominious conclusion, that thousands of Vietnamese found new lives and a new home. To have remained would have meant, in most cases, arrest, imprisonment, re-education camps, or worse. So all you want is shrimp at this point? Yeah. Because I got two lives that will keep sh uh, get shrimp and fish, but I got enough fish. fish. Shrimp you take? Uh, just, just make sure right. that it's small, we don't get the shrimp. You don't want it? No, I don't want to. Right. So how many how many pounds of shrimp do you need to to, to catch a day to cover your cost? Right now, right now that uh, the limit is that uh, I can be pound per day. 800 a day. And uh, July, if you get license like me, you get 200 pounds only. Right. The shrimping has declined considerably since the 1980s, but the bay still provides a solid livelihood for people like Vin Wen, who made it out of Vietnam on a tiny handmade boat. His engine died and he and his family were lost in the South China Sea for nine days before being rescued by a cargo ship. He became a United States citizen in 1990 and raised his family here in Palacios. So what year did you come here? Did, how long have you been doing this? I've been, uh, I started for Australia on 1985. And what year did you arrive in this country? I left my country in uh, 1979. How old were you when you got here? 21 years. You were 21. So why shrimp? How did you come to this business? Because my, my, my cousin. My, cousin, my cousin, okay. My living here. Right. And I work on a job first. And, but they told me, a cousin told me that oh. you're very good for shrimp. You're good for shrimp. Make money more. Back on dry land, Vin's first stop is The Point, the town's general store. It's owned and operated by pillars of the community, Yen and Brian Tran, who separately came over from Vietnam around the same time, met, married, and raised three children here. This is profound my dream. I came here with nothing, 17 years old. First job I ever worked in washing dishes. So my boss told me and said, hey, you a hard worker. You know, uh, maybe one day you're gonna be the boss. So it, I have that thing in my mind. After I get married, I told my wife, I said, open the restaurant. And she stopped me. She said, no, you're crazy. So after all my kids went to college, they got a good job. I would mention again, and she said, OK. Wow, that's, that's nice. Convenience store, bait shop, quick stop for a meal, the point is in many ways typical in the way it's geared towards serving the immediate needs of its community. Food for Vietnamese and food for Mexicans. Yen, Brian, their kids Jennifer and Kimberly, as well as cousin TV and his son Donnie. 
all proud citizens of the United States of America, by the way. You know, I, I really feel fortunate we live in this town and we have a lot of support. When we want to open this store, all my friends say, I want to have Vietnamese food. I know that here you have to have um, Mexican food. So I went and, and talked to the best Mexican cook in town, Morisella. Yeah, this is the, the chef right here. Yeah. Good chef. So yes. It's the Morisella. The pho here is good. Brisket, eye round, meatball, tripe, and tendon, just like back home. Ceviche made from Vin's fresh shrimp. And of course, tacos with eggs, jalapenos, and tomatoes. The kids who grew up in this community. These are the kids. Yeah, he's a kid right yeah. here. What are they doing? I was born here in 76, so I'm a natural born citizen, working with my dad, right hand man, you know, shrimping, building boats, just kind of seeing what they went through. I mean, it's, I definitely appreciate life, you know. Jen here's a lawyer, my sister's an engineer, I'm a medical field, so there's still that, you know, your parents want you to have practical jobs. Right. <laughs> so you came here what year? 1975. So, so you came over in the first... Yeah. I got on American ship and get the hell out of there. I come over here, no shoe. I tell you the truth, I don't have even penny in my pocket when I come <laughs> over here. No. Serious. And now I have a great business and, you know, really, Anthony, that's, that's a, this is a great country. This community of Vietnamese people are very fortunate. Yeah. We always wow. see the generosity of people over here. Because we live in the, what, 30 years of civil war? Yeah. So no one trusts anyone. But when you come over here, people take you in and they trust you. And I, I always say the United States opened the house for the immigrant and for the refugee. I feel this is my home. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. At the Acapulco Ballroom in the city's Pasadena neighborhood, tonight is all about 15-year-old Evelyn Aranya. 
If you're Mexican or Mexican-American or anywhere in between and you've got a daughter turning 15, you better be throwing her a quince or a quinceanera to be precise. Quinceanera, what is it? It's the becoming of a, a young lady mm-hmm. uh, whenever they turn 15 years old. If you're of Mexican heritage in Houston, I gather you kind of have to have one if you've got a daughter, right? In Houston, right? yes. <laughs> Houston, yes. It is an honor to have a quinceanera and for your parents to be able to give you one. The quinceanera business is a multi-million dollar a year industry around here. The competition is fierce. It is a big deal is what I'm saying. And the style and budget can vary enormously depending on means and ambition. Friends, relatives, and neighbors gather to eat, drink, dance, and Acapulco owners Elizabeth and Ezekiel Ortuño are keeping a close eye on the action, making sure everything goes according to plan. Who gets invited to these things? I mean, this is a lot of people. I don't have this many friends. Friends and family. Friends and families, and from the school too. Yeah. Right. Oh, so you gotta get invite all your all the girls' friends from school. You have kids? Yes. You have family? Uh, girl, any girls? Four girls. Four girls. So they all have these. All of them have had their quinceañeras, and a couple of them have had their sweet sixteen. You get a quinceañera and a sweet sixteen? Yes. Oh my God. I was really happy about having a girl, but oh, okay. it's expensive. <laughs> what, what do boys get? A soccer ball. Man, that's, that's cost effective. David Rodriguez. I'm the executive chef at Toot Suite. It's a local cafe. I was born and raised in Mexico City, and I've been in Houston for roughly 20 years. Everybody assumes that we all have cowboy boots and ride horses. That's not accurate at all. Like, we're not just an oil and gas town. There's nowhere that I've been in the States that basically you can just walk through any neighborhood and you'll find people that you probably have never met from other countries, from Malaysian to Malawan to Mexican to Salvadorian, South American, Brazilian. You have them all here. What do we eat here? It's, it's all about the migas? Migas and the machaca. Yeah, that works for me. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. So you enrolled in culinary school and uh, right out of high school? Yes. My step-grandfather was a baker, so I grew up in the kitchen in Mexico City. It's very common for kids to play with flour in, like, parades and stuff like that. Right. And so in order for me to earn the flour, I had to, like, clean up or, you know, arrange the eggs or whatever he had me do. I had, like, an epiphany, I guess you could call it, because I realized that I've been growing around food my whole life. I just right. never realized. This place right here has been around here for 20 years. I remember coming here when I was super young, uh, but it's never, it hasn't changed, it's, it's the same. David and I are at La Guadalupana Cafe, a family-run spot that serves traditional Mexican and Tex-Mex dishes. Wow, nice. Achaca norteña, migas. Nice. And tortillas. Migas. Eggs mixed with fried and chopped corn tortillas. 
sort of like a Mexican frittata. And machaca, marinated beef that's been pounded, rubbed with spices, then dried and shredded. So, so far anyway, what I'm hearing is Houston in particular has been not just welcoming, but but laid on the social services in a big way to a lot of people who came over here in really atrocious circumstances. Yeah, I mean, Houston is such a welcoming city, man. Like, the city just doesn't care about about any, you know, gender or color of skin. I mean, let's face it, uh, literally the majority of the people under 30 in Houston are already non-white. And, and as goeth Houston goes the rest of the country. Um, it's, I mean, the, what this means is, you know, sort of a tectonic shift in what America's gonna look like, eat like, be like, and vote like in the future. I think, I think also what I would like for people to understand that, you know, I've explained to a lot other people is immigrants are not just Mexicans and Latin people, you know. Uh, Strangely enough, nobody's building a wall across Canada. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I come from an industry, the same industry you work in for just under 30 years. And for much of the time, probably as much as 80% of the people I work with were Mexicans, Ecuadorians, Chinese. All of these guys, they are performing a, in many, many cases, you know, vital functions that few Americans seemed willing to do. I don't know, it just seems to me that at, at the very least, at the very least, any society with a conscience is going to find a way to cut them a break. The thing is that you cannot stop people from pursuing a better life, right? It's like when you hit rock bottom in another country, like no matter what wall you put up, no matter how many offices you have down there, dogs, monkeys, whatever you put down there, it's not gonna work. Because people are just trying to make their family better, right? Whether you have to go through three wire fences, then you go through them, it doesn't matter. Uh, and I feel like people just don't understand that. There's nothing that you can do that's gonna stop people from pursuing a better life. My name is Gertrude. I'm from Congo Brazzaville. I'm married to Albert and we have four children. It's my dream. Uh, my dream, uh, uh, I need to be boss. I need to, to have my, my land. For sure, we like the weather because we don't have snow here. On summer, I know it's very hot here, but it's good for plenty and people are nice. Many of the more recent arrivals in Houston come from places where life is unbelievably hard and often dangerous. Many come from agrarian backgrounds, arriving here without the skill set needed to compete for jobs in an urban situation. Planet Forward, a nonprofit urban farming program, provides refugees like Gertrude and Albert Lombo access to land where they can make a living from the ground. So here we are, middle of Houston, a lush, fertile plot where eggplant, squash, string beans, and other produce is grown to be sold at farmers markets and to restaurants around town.
fellow Congolese Houston transplants Guy Moulet and Constant Guala. Chefs, when not tending their crops, prepare an outdoor meal for the Lombos and a group of friends and fellow farmers. Congolese, but with a definite Cajun touch. Or is it the other way around? A slow-cooked stew of sausage, shrimp, dried mackerel, and Malabar spinach over fufu. Then Texas beef brochettes marinated in chilies and cilantro and Maggi bouillon with a ratatouille made from produce grown right here. What did you all think when, when you heard that you were going to be resettled in Texas? In, in my country, when people are talking about Texas, they know that is where many farmer is. Really? And now, do you feel welcome? Do you yes. feel the community is happy you're here? Wonderful. The first challenge was the, the language. It wasn't easy. Even now, it's not easy. But you already speak how many languages? In Congo, in principle, we have three languages. Of course. We have French, Lingala, and Munukutuba. So don't feel too bad. Most Americans struggle with one. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> I'm a refugee from DRC. What did you do in Kinshasa? I, I did electrician and construction too. And here? I was machine operator. After that, I decided to be a farmer. It was my dream. That one, God helped me to be a farmer here. My dream it was to get my own garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I harvest, all, I, I need to cook. Where are you cooking now? I work at uh, Four Seasons Hotel. Oh, that's not a bad gig. Yeah, yeah. How African will Houston be in 20 years? Oh. A lot, right? I want all my family still over there. My mom, my sister. And you like them to come? I want them to come. A lot of first generation and second generation yeah. African babies going to be happening. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Houston yeah, is going to look real different. Oh my God. You'll hear Lingala at the 7-Eleven, no problem. Smiley. No problem. And 10 years? <laughs> the crack of the bat, the roar of the crowd, two teams locked in struggle. Take me out to the ball game, man. Though the smell wafting from behind the bleachers is not hot dogs or popcorn or roasting peanuts, it's a hell of a lot better, actually. Basically, it's practically like baseball. Uh-huh. First international game, believe it or not, was USA versus Canada. Really? Yes, in 1844. Yeah, I don't know if you knew, but cricket is second most watched sport I, in I the I just world. read that. Yes. India is number one, USA is number two. I do like a sport where you can aim at somebody's crotch, though. I think that's sort of awesome. I'm not even going to try and explain the sport of cricket to you. There's a ball, and there's bats. And I think you run to, like, base. Go out to Sardar Patel Stadium in Houston's Richmond neighborhood and ask league president of the Houston Indian Cricket Club, Kuldeep Patel, what it's all about. He knows he was once a big cricket star himself. Let's go, let's go! Who's winning? The first team scored 120 runs. Right. They're chasing right now. I see. So you we know. can't really say because they haven't had an opportunity. Exactly. Yet. 
right? See, this is why it didn't happen in America. We need, win we like winners in America. We like to know who's winning at all times. But this is very high energetic game. Baseball, when we watch baseball, it's kind of slow to us. Right. When we're playing well, this game. Well, even us, it is. Right? It's, 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 it's a slower game. It's really all about the snacks in yes. baseball. Uh, uh, hot dogs. Yeah, the shitty hot dogs, too. <laughs> the beer is even worse. Now for a hot dog. Oh, no. Right. Now for some tandoori chicken, cooked to perfection. Some spicy, tender, and totally delicious curried goat. And made to order potato masala dosas. Are there fewer rules here? The caste system, you lose that right away? When somebody's come from a rich middle class family, it's going to take them a minute to get used to that culture right. shock over here. It's going to take them up two years. Like when I got married back then in the 90s, it was like I was supposed to marry a girl from my caste. It was an issue then, but now it's not an issue. Now, you know, 20 years later, it's changed. What about white Houstonians? Welcoming, nice. Like my experience, I, I moved from Singapore. Right. First six months, whenever we used to go anywhere and say we recently moved to USA, and everybody was oh, welcome to Texas, welcome to Houston, welcome to USA. And like that made us very comfortable. I mean, that's not the stereotype. The stereotype is that this is an intolerant state filled with, you know, right-wing cowboys who don't like foreigners. So that, that's what I not think. used to. Yeah. No. In the beginning, you might feel that Texans are, like, not that friendly to you. Right. But once you know them, they are really friendly people. We see this is the best place to dream and achieve the dream. If the same opportunities in India I get, I won't make as much of my life as I would over here. You work hard in this country, and if you put your mind to something, you know, it, it is achievable, and I think so. America is land of opportunity and best place to stay in the world. Some people say, make America great again. I say America was great all along. Some of us just forgot why. It's great because your grandfather and my grandfather and just about everybody's damn grandfather or great-grandfather crammed themselves, snuck, bought their way or was dragged onto a boat, and one way or another allowed themselves eventually to dream. You still can. There's still room. And in some places in America, apparently, you are still welcome. Welcome, stranger. This land is your land. Jose, can you see how diversity in Texas is? Don't mess with it. The best with it, it's intricate, complex with it. Headlights is beaming, twilights is gleaming. Broad stripes, bright stars, racing stripes, bright cars. Yo, you could end up dead there. The Houston Rockets, red glare, hardened on the hardwood. The finals, they might get there. Thugger brought the whips out, he posted at McGregor. Houston, all go getters. They hustle very clever. Eating migas with my amigos. I'm at Guadalupana. My tia make berria with tortilla. She chicana. They can't deport us all. Chingo bling make the tamale good. Shopping at Masala Radio. Bumping at Bollywood. Sugar for my mama out in Sugarland. Yeah, that's good. My cousins and my family out in Sugarland. That's my hood. Sugar for my mama out in Sugarland. Molasses. Don't eat fuck with phonies when I kick it in palaces. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.